This is Daily Devotions Best Of with Pastor Tim Dodson from JF Believers Church. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting jfbelievers.com. The Gospel of Luke, Chapter 5. Despite the manifestation of the miraculous in their midst, despite even the fulfillment of the Mosaic Law in the instance of the previous story, those in power now were reluctant to accept this carpenter from Nazareth as long as, you know, as the long-awaited Messiah. I mean, we see here that the authorities had indeed begun to gather, and perhaps it was because of curiosity or maybe out of um, some sort of weird doubt they might have, or maybe even some gathered out of fear of losing their place in the social religious structure of that day. But indeed, they all came for whatever reason. The text tells us that the story of the paralyzed man and tells us also about some very committed friends determined to get him to Jesus. Today in our self-centered society, such loyalty and determination like that are rare. The numbers of people that had begun to flock around Christ had evidently begun to get somewhat out of control. I mean, so much so that it seems these men could not even get their friend near Jesus because of the crowd. And yet it seems that many who gathered gathered around Jesus were, and frankly are even yet today, they're only out of curiosity, certainly more so than truly seeking redemption. There are so many today who are satisfied to warm the pews of religiosity just simply motivated by itchy ears more than seeking hearts. These folks tend to congest the resources available and ultimately ultimately, they only prevent those truly seeking to gain access to the hands of Christ from actually getting there. Now taking matters into their own hands, these guys cut a hole in the roof and lower their friend down on a mat in front of Jesus. Then Jesus does something no one expected. He forgave the man of his sins. This, of course, would not go over well with the religious hierarchy that was present. Verse 21 says, The scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now the scribes and the Pharisees were pretty much riled up, just as one would expect. Their attitude was, who is this guy? And moreover, who does he think he is? Jesus, however, knew exactly who he was. He was God in flesh. But those with him did not understand that fact. Yet Jesus did what God does. He forgave sin. And the religious leaders knew that only God could forgive sins. You see, the masses weren't ready, and many times they still aren't, to accept Jesus as God. Verse 22 says, But Jesus, perceiving their thoughts, answered them, Why are you reasoning so in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, arise, take up your cot, and go to your house. Immediately he rose before them, 
took up that which we, he was lying on and departed to his house, glorifying God. Note that Jesus does not just talk the talk. He actually proves that he has the power to do what he says. The religious leaders knew that only God could forgive sins, but they refused to entertain the possibility that he just might be God. However, such was not implausible, for they knew that the Messiah would be coming. They knew that he would indeed have such power. So it wasn't that it was unthinkable. It was just that they simply wouldn't accept this man as the one they were waiting for. You see, Jesus didn't fit their preconceived ideas, the ideas of what they expected the Messiah to look like and to act like. He didn't fit their preconceived ideas of what the Messiah was to be what they wanted him to be. And in so many instances, you know what, he still doesn't. So we force his persona into the box that we have built for our gods. Jesus not only forgives this man for his sins, but he also heals his body. And please note the word immediately. It was profoundly clear that the supernatural had occurred herein. The man arose and he walked, manifesting the reality of his physical healing. And the text tells us he glorified God, manifesting the reality of his spiritual healing also. Verse 26 says, Amazement took hold on all, and they glorified God. And they were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Now the crowd was seemingly not following along after the religious leaders, for many of them were ready to entertain the their thoughts entertain their heart that maybe this was the Messiah. So emotions were flowing. They were amazed. They they feared even, and, and they glorified God. So a lot was happening real quick here. However, the jury was still out on whether these people would allow this healing to occur, well, individually within each of them. Verse 27 says, After these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office and said to him, follow me. He left everything and rose up and followed him. Now this account again is one of Jesus choosing among the world's least likely. Here we are introduced to one Levi, whom we all know better as Matthew the tax collector. Matthew, you see, collected taxes for the occupying army of Rome. Not only did these tax collectors work for Rome, but they were notoriously crooked too. So in the end, they stood alone, all alone. And they were despised by all of their Jewish brethren. The account before us tells us that Matthew walked away from his world that day. From his job his livelihood, his status, his security, his prestige. It appeared that Matthew, at that moment, had stood up and given it all to Christ. Everything. And you know what? At the end of the day, that is, in a nutshell, exactly what salvation is. And Jesus called Matthew to follow him. To Matthew, that 
righteously meant more than just a simple change of mind. It meant more than just deciding that he would go to church on Sunday. More than just changing his thieving ways and becoming a better tax collector. Now we, we know it's more than that. Now we have no record of such, but Matthew had no doubt already been prepared by the Father. I think because seldom is such matters a snap decision. I mean, John 6.44 says, For people can't come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. So that would mean, therefore, that God had already begun to draw Matthew towards Jehovah. So Matthew had no doubt already found that the money and the power he held did not, could not, bring him the happiness and the peace and the security and the completeness that he so longed for. For Matthew, redemption meant actually following Jesus and following him even into ministry, into action, and yes, even into death if that was called for, and eventually it would be. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com. 